I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Shit Show. Kia ora, everyone. Kia ora. Welcome to part two of... Our, I guess it's kind of a series at this point. Yeah, series. Don't touch, touch me, me in a nightclub. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, it means you haven't listened to the episode prior to this, and you really should because we talk about the fucked up culture that happens in nightclubs and why largely men feel like they can touch us, grope us, kiss us with no consent. So that's what we've been talking about for the past few episodes. And today is an interview that me and Liv did with Sophia Harrison and Ella Lamont, who are two young women from Wellington, which is New Zealand's capital city, who launched a survey for people to anonymously come forward about their experiences of sexual assault in Wellington. So they launched this survey, they did it through Google Forms, and then they posted it to a Wellington Facebook group. And here's what they said. Are you tired of getting your ass grabbed in town? Of watching your drink so it doesn't get spiked? Or maybe the cat calls when it's 8am and you're just trying to get to work. Help us make change. Now these two gained over 2,800 responses to this survey and are now taking it that step further to try and make some actual change. So Luce and I thought we'd reach out, have a chat and see what they found. And just a content warning, obviously we're going to be talking about sexual assault, so we will be outlining some pretty graphic stuff. So if you don't have the capacity to take this on right now, just, you know, press pause, go and listen to something lighter, one of our other podcasts, you know, some of them are a lot more humorous and easy to listen to, but we really do recommend that you continue listening because it's a very important conversation that we're about to have. So what was it that actually pushed you to do something about the culture that you were seeing in Wellington nightclubs? Ella and I, we tend to come together like quite like usually daily, weekly, and we have like three hour long discussions on just kind of shit that annoys us, makes us angry, makes us upset, all that sort of thing. And through talking about our own kind of shitty experiences and hearing about others, we decided that instead of continuing just to talk about it and just getting more angry and more upset to actually attempt to do something. So we went and gathered others' experiences and opinions and used them as a way of pushing for change. And we had literally no idea that we'd get such a huge response. It sounds like what me and Liv do, or what we did before we started Shit You Should Care About, and with Ruby as well, the whole reason we started is because we'd have these big conversations about things that we thought that everyone should be talking about or were talking about, but they weren't. And so we were like, well, let's just make a platform where we can. So what was it that you were actually seeing? Well, simply put, we found that the people of Wellington don't feel safe. And they haven't for a long time. We let our respondents on a scale of 1 to 10 say how safe they felt in Wellington. And over 70% of our respondents rated 4 or less at night time in Wellington. 
Which is like, yeah, it's sad, but it's not surprising. No, it's, it's what you surprising. expect, right? Yeah. How many people responded to the survey? I think just over 2,800 responses, which was massive. People are looking for a space to express that. And I think that's what you guys gave, which is awesome. And in a space to express it because they feel often like it's not sexual assault or they can't go and talk to the police about it. So where can they talk about it? Mm-hmm. Were there any findings when you're reading through everyone's responses that I don't want to say shocked you because I feel like we all knew this was happening, but was there anything surprising or anything that you want to kind of touch on? Well, obviously we had our um, specified statistics, which were sad, but not surprising. Like um, over 500 people had experienced drink spiking, uh, over 2,400 people had experienced catcalling, etc. But probably what was really, really jarring was that 99.5% of our respondents had experienced assault, harassment or abuse in Wellington. Are you guys finding that, you know, we always talk about this and Luce and I have talked about this for ages and I'm sure you and your friends all talk about it, but it's the guys that aren't ingesting media that is showing them that this is a real issue. It's like echo chambers, right? Are you guys finding that in your sort of social circles? Definitely. And it's like, I think a big thing is like, you know, the whole locker room chat, Mm. like nobody talks about the rape jokes and like the chat between guys, you know, like the friend group Mm. chats or like a mate will say something super marginal and none of his other mates will say anything. They'll just let it fly past. And it just builds up this thing that it's okay to do. And a whole just a yeah. group of men just think it's all good to say these things and then go forth and make these microaggressions, macroaggressions, where they go and start grabbing and they start um, raping and sexually assaulting women. Mm, that's interesting, like, how the culture is formed. You're right. It's through these little microaggressions and little jokes and, like you said, locker room talk. And And that's not just in young men. I mean, Donald fucking Trump is like locker room talk embodied in a person Ugh. and it's disgusting but the way that that then i like how you said turns into macro aggressions it turns into actions and it turns into what we're seeing in the fucking nightclubs yes yeah, because guys literally go to the club and think oh yeah like this is how you get with a girl you grind on her and you you grab her ass or you slap her ass or like they think that like it's flattering or like that's just how it's done and it's like no no One, no woman enjoys that. It's so fucking shit that we feel like we have to communicate to guys to not hurt us or not to make us feel like objects. It's interesting because me and Liv were talking earlier about how we've never sat down with our guy friends and said we don't like being touched in the clubs. But we've also never sat down with our guy friends and said we like being touched in the clubs. I mean, yes, there's a lack of communication, but if they can assume that we like it, they can just as easily assume that we don't. And so one thing that me and Liv really want to do with this podcast or these podcasts is try and get men to listen to them, which because that's the whole problem, right, is that we're having these fantastic conversations and we're surveying people and, you know, getting these results that aren't shocking but are pretty fucking shocking and still it's only people like us that are talking about it and so I do want to know from you guys what the next steps are from what you've found and how you think we can actually do something to combat this. Well now that we've got 
our shitty proof in the shitty pudding. We are going to take it to the Wellington Council and present our findings, our evidence and our proposed solutions. Um, obviously, some of our solutions can be implemented more immediately than others, like uh, more streetlights or even brighter streetlights. Uh, re- even re-envisioning uh, Cuba Street and Courtney Place and those surrounding areas because that seems to be a location of interest for these kind of assault and harassment cases. We also want to work with the hospitality sector because, you know, when you go into a club and you buy a drink there, they should be looking after you, you know. They should, the bouncers should be watching for this kind of stuff and they should be trained in it. And also know how to, what to do when somebody has, when they see someone being assaulted, like what is the right and wrong way to handle the situation as well as that, yeah. Something that's long-term that we think could make real change is education. Because when you plant the seed, you know, that grows and that builds in someone's mind. So we always see all these ads for like... um you know, being smoke-free or, oh, don't drink drive. We all know the, the ghost chips ad. Like, that was massive. And these things are essentially personal choices, you know, smoking or drink driving. That's essentially your own choice. But being sexually assaulted, no one ever asked for. They never choose it. So why don't we have those same kind of ads? For sure. I saw, like, the whole don't guess the yes campaign. And it's even, like, those posters are still pretty vague and... I don't know, like, it's like, we just need shit on the wall that it's like, don't grope people. Like, yeah, don't no groping. Yeah, no groping. Know this, know that. Like, we're all kind of beating around the bush, I feel, and trying to make it palatable. Don't guess the yes. Even that, you're trying yeah, to guess like, what they're trying what to are convey you and about don't guess ad. the yes. We know because... Well, we know about consent. Exactly. But a guy that's drunk and says, don't guess the yes, that poster's not going to do anything it's, to change It's not going to shock him there. and be like, oh my God, I just touched that girl and I really fucking shouldn't have. Yeah. Another thing with that poster oh. is that... Um, I talked to one of my mates, my guy friends, about it, and he said, I was like, oh, do you see, like, the poster in your bathroom? And he was like, what poster? No. And I was like, the don't kiss the yes. And it wasn't above the urinals. So it might have been in the cubicles, but if you're out drinking, you're going to pee. And, like, why can't they just be on the walls in the club? I think education is something me and Liv were talking about before, because it's all well and good saying we want more education. But, I mean, it's not like schools don't try. It's not like they're all saying like sexual assault's okay, like blah, blah, blah. It's like you need to get the girls of the same age group as the guys to go in and actually say, and I mean, this would take a lot for the girls and it shouldn't even be the girls having to do this, but this would be powerful. Getting them to say, we don't want to be touched. We don't want to be groped. We just want you to talk to us. You know, it's like they need to hear it from the from the source, yeah, yeah, rather than like an old lady coming in and being like, "Look, this is what you don't do, and this is what you do do," mm-hmm. and like we all remember that, and everyone just switches off straight away. What's probably going to help more is guys saying it to each other. But then, how do how do we get that happening? I think it's quite hard because I know we got taught in high school, "Don't leave your drink unattended, don't walk home alone," blah blah blah. So we got told all of that. Mm-hmm. But when talking to like my brother and like my guy friends who went to uh, boys schools they barely had a class on consent and also we've found that they tend to kind of beat around the bush like they go on tangents of like alcohol makes you mad or makes you do stupid things but they just need to talk about what is consent what isn't what is rape we need to stop villainizing the drugs and the alcohol and actually villainize 
the villains or the perpetrators. We have all these things to combat alcohol, but we don't have these things to combat people just, doing illegal things to other people. It's people's way of being like, we're doing something about it when they're not actually doing something about it. Blaming all of these external factors when no one actually wants to pinpoint the actual issue, which is largely guys being abusive. It's really hard to talk about it without like being man-hating. Yeah. It's just so difficult to talk about. We always hear not all men but a man does not get to decide if he has ever made a woman feel unsafe or scared or threatened in any way he does not get to decide that so when a man is saying not all men has he ever made a woman feel unsafe has he ever made a woman scared he wouldn't know like if you're walking home at night there's a guy behind you and you, it's just me walking home alone. If I don't know the guy, I don't know whether he's going to hurt me, whether he's not. All I know is there's a man walking closely behind me and I'm shit scared. So it just kind of shows that because of the society we're living in, obviously not all men rape, not all men abuse, not all men catcall, but it doesn't matter who you are. Like you could be the loveliest guy in the world. I'm still going to be scared. And you can't argue with someone's emotions. Do you two have anything else that you'd like to add or that you feel like you need to say? Just to keep an eye on the Wellington Alliance Against Sexual Violence Instagram page and Facebook post because they're going to be doing heaps more on the matter and helping like push it more, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And we'll put all that in the show notes, everyone, so you can go and make sure you're completely in the know with all the events coming up and you can make your voice heard as well. So that was our chat with Sophia and Ella. And Liv, I don't know about you, but I thought that we went on a really interesting tangent about the whole it's not all men thing. Because it is really hard when people say it's not all men because in theory, no, it's not all men that sexually assault women. But also what Ella was saying about how it's not actually up to you to judge whether you've ever made a woman feel scared or uncomfortable is so valid. Maybe it's tough for men to be put under this umbrella category, but it's tough for women to feel scared all the time. You know, the more we talk about it and the more that you guys share this around and have these conversations and come to us with any, I don't know, solutions you might have. Yeah, that is the thing. If you do have any solutions in your own minds that you think could actually work, please reach out. I mean, like, I'm not quite sure what we can do with it, but we'll... I mean, we have a platform, so the least we can do is... Be some sort of mobilizing factor. So yes, if you have any ideas, please, please come to us. Please share this with your guy friends, your girlfriends, your non-binary friends. Share it to anyone that might benefit from hearing it. Exactly. Keep the chat going because this is how we're going to change the culture. Exactly. As always, you can find us on Instagram at shityoushouldcareabout or at The Shit Show. You can also find us on Facebook under The Shit Show Squad or just regular shit you should care about. Also our website, which is shityoushouldcareabout.com. You can find us wherever you need to find us and please rate, review, share this episode around. It really, really does help us. Stay safe out there, everyone. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.